We are outdoor ladies who hunt, shoot, and fish, all while working in conservation and chasing kids. I am Julia Plugi with the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission. I'm Rachel Alice with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. And I'm Tana Fancher with the Kansas Department of Wildlife Parks. Follow us on our outdoor adventures. Welcome back to She Goes Outdoors. Recently, I was having a conversation with friends that have similar family structures. We have young kids, they're energetic, and they love being outdoors. So we were brainstorming new places our kids could enjoy during these cool and maybe I should say cold because literally as we are recording this, Rachel was saying that it's three, maybe negative three in Des Moines. It's like 10 feeling like negative something here in Nebraska. You know, we're needing a place sometimes to be indoors. We love the outdoors. We promote the outdoors, but sometimes it's just safer to spend a few hours indoors you know, these families I were talking to, our kids, they're ready to play outdoors. You know, we, we need something new. Just to give you a bigger picture of what our kids look like, a description of these kids. So they come in inside from a long day playing out sore, and they literally look like Pigpen from Charlie Brown. And if you're not familiar with Pigpen, if you're not familiar with Charlie Brown, like there's dust floating around all these kids. It's just, they're caked in everything. And so every inch of their body is covered in dirt, grease, mud, and stains. So there's my pictures. Anyways, we're moving on to, you know, these kids, they, they do get a little bored in the everyday same dirt. And we're looking for something that is inside in the, in the winter that will keep them entertained and learn. So I was telling the other moms and dads about Nebraska's fairly new Shram Park Education Center, formerly known as the Exurban Aquarium. If you're familiar with Nebraska, you may have that the old aquarium look in your mind, especially if you're in the Omaha-Lincoln area, may have taken a field trip as a child to the aquarium. But in just in the last couple of years, that facility is now SRAM Education Center, uh, a state-of-the-art education center that connects visitors to learn about Nebraska's aquatic and terrestrial ecosystem through unique interactive exhibits. So this short description, uh, kind of even butchered as I'm saying it, because my, like, I'm just kind of excited to have our guest talk about it way better than I can. My description just gives the venue no justice. And, and so that's, with that said, I want to introduce this week's guest, who I uh, probably her second home is Shram Park. Maybe it is. Maybe she spends more hours at Shram Park than her actual home. Kelly Equa is the lead outdoor education specialist with the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission at Shram Park. So uh, welcome, Kelly. Hi. Well, <laughs> glad to be here. Um, so yeah, it's my name's Kelly. I work here at Shram Education Center. Um, there's two of us here who are outdoor education specialists. 
and we do all sorts of educational activities. Right now, as we speak, we've got a toddler program going on in our classroom, and we have you know people out on the floor looking at all of our exhibits, always something going on here and out in the park too, like you said, kind of depending on the weather, whether you wanna be in our building or if you wanna be outside. So um, a lot of great things going on here. And you know, just to describe the center a little bit, the renovation was done about three years ago. It was a $7 million renovation. Um, so you can imagine how much things have changed. So we have about 60 different species of Nebraska fish, reptiles, and amphibians. Um, some of those are ambassador animals. So we use them for education. And so, you know, just this weekend, we had a group of Girl Scouts out here and we did a program about misconceptions of animals. So we talked about bats and snakes and spiders and why we should love those critters. So yeah, there's always something going on here. Um, the Education Center has interactive digital displays. We have a virtual mountain bike that people just love. Um, we have a sturgeon touch tank. So um, it features pallid sturgeon, which are an endangered species. Um, so we do have some pallid sturgeon in there that were not eligible for release in the restocking programs. So they've come here and they're just such a neat, such a neat fish. <laughs> and like in our touch tank, they will swim right up under your fingers and you can pet them and just see how cool they are right up close. So yeah, like all sorts of different things to do here inside. So I want to take a step back because I actually, um, we met before you were in this position. You were a mm -hmm. an elementary education teacher at the time. And yes. we knew each other because you brought your students to uh, the outdoor discovery program and that is a field trip program that we do here in nebraska actually it's a it's a statewide program but we are fortunate to meet you through that program so maybe tell us about how you landed in this position that you are now because i think it's kind of a fun pathway and we talk about that a lot on our program is how did you get to the position you are and and we like to highlight unique positions and i think you have mm -hmm. one of those that our listeners may want to hear yeah, so um, if I were to go like way back and start this, as a kid, I used to camp at the 4-H camp that's here that was here located on the same facility. Um, so at Shram Park here in the forest. So there's a camp that was there as I grew up and I used to go to the camp as a kid. I was a camp counselor there. I was a staff member there. And it just, I don't know, the whole being a camp counselor made me love working with kids. And then just the setting of nature. I love working with kids in nature and that's, you know, such a great combination. And then I went to Wayne State and got my elementary education degree. Um, when I came out of college, I worked for Girl Scouts for a couple of years. Then I went back as director of that 4-H camp for five years. And I absolutely loved those careers. Um, and I loved being in the outdoors and stuff. But you know, with an elementary degree, you do still have that urge to be in the classroom. And so I did that, made the switch, and I actually taught in the classroom for 15 years. You know, it came a time when I just thought, you know what, I really missed that outdoor setting. And I saw that the education center had been completely revamped and just heard that they were opening education positions and thought it was the perfect fit with, you know, my experience here at SRAM earlier and then that. 
Oh, and I didn't even mention, I worked here in college too. <laughs> so there was about three years in college when I would, tra- you know, commute back and forth on weekends to work here. And so I remember, you know, all the different, you know, it's kind of one of those jobs where you wear a lot of different hats, whether yeah. you're taking care of animals or helping customers or all sorts of different things. My experience has kind of taken me a few different places, but it's always been that love of working with kids And what's nice now is coming back to that outdoor environment. That's awesome. We've had a lot of conversations where you start as a temporary employees in Mm -hmm. our line of field. And I assume that was probably when you were uh, even like a 4-H camp counselor at the Gretna camp. That was kind of those temporary employee positions, those volunteer positions that you're getting um, experience through that have now helped you get get those roles that you're in today. Yep. And what's neat is this role that I'm in today, like part of my role is helping to supervise and coordinate the naturalists for the Venture Park region, which is like all the parks in the Omaha Lincoln metro area that are part of Nebraska Game and Parks. So, you know, coordinating that team, I see a lot of, to me, they're young people, but like, you know, college age or a little, you know, out of college and just starting careers. And it's such a great experience to watch them and their interests and just the way that they love what they're doing and, you know, pursuing their passions in the outdoors too. Yeah. Absolutely. So you just given us just a little taste of, of Shram Park. You know, the microphone is now yours. Tell us more, just kind of give us maybe that uh, verbal description or a walkthrough of the indoor part of the Shram Park Education Center. All right. When you come into the center, um, we do have admission fees at the center. Um, It's $10 for adults, seven for youth and seniors, and then three and under are free. And we do offer special group rates. So for example, if you're coming with a seniors group or a scouting group or a school group, if people call ahead, we do reservations and we have special group pricing. You know, once you come in, there's a lobby. And then on one side, we have a maker space where we have different activities for people to, you know, whether it's making like art and things like that, or we have like some bins with like wooden blocks and um, Legos and things like that. So a lot of different types of prompts for people to um, get creative in that space. And then there's a reading nook where people can just, you know, sit and read a book and hang out. There's some puppets that the kids like to play and imagine with. And then around the center, we call it the Wonder Woodland. And so the Wonder Woodland area has some big trees that are simulated and there's a slide that goes through one of them. And there's a big large motor play area with like camping and a little boat and some um, kind of make-believe things kids can do down there. And then tables with exhibits. One of my favorite exhibits, and this is just like, you wouldn't think it'd be your favorite exhibit, but we have a microscope that's digital. And so whatever you put under it, it projects it on this little TV screen. And it is such a good microscope. And you can just like, you know, if you're outside and you find like a cool, you know, maybe you'll find like a dead bug or something that's all, you know, rotted out or something. And those are the coolest things to look at under there. Absolutely. And you would be amazed at how many people spend a really long time in front of that microscope playing. And then I already mentioned the Sturgeon Touch Tank. As you go around our aquariums, the aquariums 
are not like if you are, you know, retro old school exarbon aquarium goer, you know that we used to have like 10 tanks and there were all these square little tanks around this circular path. Um, the path is still there, but the tanks are really cool and they're designed for different ecosystems in Nebraska. So there's like a cold water stream tank with trout in it. And then there's like a river tank and a lake one. And we even have a farm pond area. And so you can see the different fish that would live in those different habitats. And then everybody loves our turtle ball. <laughs> and part of it, um, first of all, we have some smooth softshell turtles. And those are really cool when you see the soft shell turtles, just because they're different looking and a lot of people haven't seen them in the wild. And then we have the world's largest common snapping turtle and his name is Big Snap Daddy. And he is about 90 years old say, and he's about 90 pounds. He's been so, around for a long time. I've seen, I remember the days of visiting the old uh, Exarban Aquarium and him being there. And that's awesome that it just keeps on going. Keeps yep. on snapping. And when I worked here in college, he was like half the size he is now. Um, and even then he was huge. Like he was brought in because he was a big turtle. And like snapping turtles normally grow, you know, 45, 50 years old and about that many pounds. Like he's doubling <laughs> the standard age and size of a snapping turtle. Like he's ginormous. What is it? What are you feeding him? Um, <laughs> what do you feed him? Um, we feed him trout. <laughs> okay. Okay. So a natural diet. Um, and yeah. <laughs> so, and we do sometimes do feedings for the public. So right now through the month of February, every day at 11 o'clock, we're doing a feeding. Cool. Um, I know not, you know, a lot of kids are in school at that time, but we do have homeschool families, families with younger kids. We have, you know, seniors, people who are traveling stop through. So, you know, if you happen to be one of those people who can, you know, get out here during the day, we have animal feedings at 11 o'clock right now. Um, and then every day all year, we have a three o'clock program. And so right now our naturalist program at three o'clock is horns versus antlers. Ah, I like it. Yeah, we're talking about um, the differences between those. And then also about shed hunting. You know, sometimes people just need something new to try. And not a lot of people have gone out looking for antler sheds. We had a uh, an episode, maybe even have done two uh, she goes outdoors episodes on on shed hunting. That's right. We even had a competition, and Tana didn't join us today, so she's not here to brag on herself, right, Rachel? It's true. I was gonna say we're gonna have to have a rematch this year because um, the two of us combined lost yeah. so sadly. I mean, yeah. Tana just single handedly annihilated us in the on the shed hunt contest. So that's so awesome. Um, Kelly, that you're kind of bringing that to light because I think to to Julia's introduction with her kids coming home looking like pig pen, what another great opportunity while you're out, you know, as the snow's starting to melt, um, to really look for those sheds to get out and do something a little differently. So, yeah. So I'm gonna <laughs> gonna tease my sister a little bit here. So my sister lives um, further out in western Nebraska, and for Easter she had the family over. And they wanted to do a shed hunt on their property, which they have a bunch of cedar trees and like a little um, creek and stuff that runs through it. So it's not great farmland, but it's, you know, pretty. 
and the deer like it, but they wanted to make sure that the kids found things. So my brother-in-law went and hit a few things before so that they'd all find one. Um, but sometime I'd like to try that and just see if we could find some on our own. But yeah, but I think, you know, honestly, I told her, you know, it's the experience. It's the getting out there in nature. So whether you find something or not, it doesn't really matter. It's more about just getting outdoors and trying something new. So they didn't have dogs involved in that hunt, did they? Um, no, no oh, dogs. Okay. Okay. Hmm. So Kelly, I have to, I have to admit, I've kind of let Julia talk all morning because I was just so excited to hear about this center and I, and I got distracted and I was actually looking online at pictures. The turtle wall is, sounds so amazing. We did a state park look at the three states last summer and um you know i kind of planned out my summer vacation based on the discussions we had and so we live here in des moines and i've actually looked uh, it's only about a three-hour drive which is is nothing for just about any midwesterner so um it's it's on the list because i, I was joking around this weekend i have a 18 month old and you you can only run around in circles at your house so many times and when it's negative something degrees out like you just need that space to run so I, I went to a work event and just let her run because I was like I, I, we just need sun and like open space to run I'm like I'm here to do whatever needs done so anyway so I was looking at the photos and just it looks absolutely beautiful but for those of us that maybe can't get there to make the 11 o'clock naturalist program today or the three o'clock one do you ever do any like virtual programs or any virtual field trips for those of us that are are thinking of coming maybe sometime in the future yeah so our field trip menu we have you know regular on-site field trips that are you know aligned to state standards and then we have our virtual field trips, which, you know, we added with COVID, like everybody else has kind of added into their um, program list. And so we do have a few of those that we offer that can be, you know, people zoom in and we talk about like one of them is owls. So if we do an owl program, we work it out with the school, we send some owl pellets in advance with the little kit that the kids open up and dissect an owl pellet as we talk and, you know, just, we try to make it as hands-on as possible by sending out a little program kit that goes with it for the teacher of the class. Um, a couple of them are, you know, strictly online. Like we can take out an animal or talk about, you know, different topics like that too, like turtles or snakes. I think we so often overlook the, uh, the owl pellet examination. We have a, a fifth grader who was like over the moon about going through poop and what was in it and you know did you know that if it, this is in it that means they ate that and just like it was so fun to kind of look through a different lens at you know what might have happened just yeah. by going through some poop it's awesome so so my okay so there was a snowy owl sighting in nebraska and we don't like to talk about like where they're at because it causes a crowd, but this one's, you know, flown on now. But there was one in Nebraska and I drug my mom to go look at this. We drove like an hour and a half to go see this owl and we were fortunate enough to see it. And from a distance, there was a place where I had seen it roosting in other people's pictures. 
And so, of course, I see a pile underneath. <laughs> so I collected these owl pellets from a snowy owl in a cup in my car. And I kept telling my mom, don't accidentally drink out of that cup. <laughs> Something in um, that would but, be a rude, rude awakening. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, in my head, I'm like, let there be a lemming inside of here. But of course, I knew the owl was around long enough that the lemmings had long since been regurgitated. But there were like five voles. <laughs> so like I dissected these pellets and it took me forever. Um, but we found five voles in there. Voles? You said voles, as in V-O-L-E-S, voles? Yes. Yes. So That's awesome. Even- oh. Wow. <laughs> Sometimes people say they're down here because they're, you know, skinny and dying. Yeah. But this one was eating very well. And it it, it started, oh, wow, we could just get into that science conversation. But, wow, yeah, they are eating well. And to find a vole right now, I mean, right, they should be on, like, I would assume kind of a hibernating or underground or whatever they do in this winter. But then here in Nebraska, in this area, we're having a warm winter. So, Wow. A lot of science going on in that. Maybe I'm confused. Maybe it's a mole. I have to look closer at my little tooth chart. Well, either way, though, <laughs> I, I it, yeah, I mean, it's staying healthy. Kelly, Julie is well aware that I'm like a pretend biologist, so I have to do a lot of research on the side. And you mentioned lemmings. In my quick research, voles are actually relatives of lemmings. So it makes sense that it would be a vole. They're also relatives of hamsters for those of us that maybe uh, have a little bit more of a generic biology background. I can picture a a hamster. So um, they're just those little tiny things. But I actually had a a funny situation. We were talking about something. I'm like, oh, yeah, it must have been a vole. And someone was like, a mole? I'm like, no, a vole. And it was like a 20-minute conversation where they did not believe that voles existed. I'm like, okay. So we yeah, got out the little teeth. I'm like, yeah. this is a vole. And then, you know, this yeah. is a mole. There's a huge yeah. size difference. Like, yeah. you would know if you got bit by a mole compared to a vole. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. And Rachel, I'm kind of like you. So my background is all education. But my interest, like, I love nature and what I know about it is just through teaching and through experience and camping. And so I do have to look up my facts every once in a while. So, so yeah, I may need to take out that chart and just double check <laughs> what that's I right. look at there. Sometimes it's hard to tell when you're looking at like these tiny little skeletons. But that's what a true educator does. I'm the same way. I went to school to be an educator and how to teach in, in that perspective of it. But the, the degree that I was teaching in, I had to look up that content so that I would teach it correctly and you figure out ways to, of doing that. And that's, that's what makes a, a great educator. So Kelly, when we, um, a couple months ago, probably six months ago now we did a, we did a, she goes outdoors birding box and in it, we talked about using binoculars and, and um, one of the resources we told folks about was um, the Cornell Ornithological Lab and they're all about birds.org website and this thing is amazing. So again, instead of asking Dr. Google this time, I asked Cornell and um, it does show that to Julia's point, snowy owls are one of the most agile owls and that they're often able to catch small birds on the fly. Oh wow. Which is amazing in my opinion, but um, that they do eat like small rodents and rabbits and hares and even like ptarmigan which is 
a pretty good sized bird. So that's impressive. Fun facts from the Cornell Ornithological Lab. Awesome. This transitioned us into stepping outside of Shram Park. The education center, so we've talked about a lot of the indoor piece of Shram Park, but the outside of it is surrounded by truly natural um, atmosphere, trails, and just an outdoor park setting. So when I remember being there as a child on a field trip, even when I actually went to the 4-H camp myself that is right behind this venue facility, I remember this like ponds. I think there's three, maybe four, just ponds. And tell us about what those ponds have evolved into and then the setting around Shram Park. What, what has it moved into? Let me give you a little history, actually. Shram Park is technically the original site of Nebraska Game and Parks. It's where the first fish commission was developed. Before that, Shram Park was a commercial fish hatchery. Some folks were looking to build a hatchery and they needed a place that had a natural spring water source. So there is a natural spring tucked up in our forest that feeds our canyon ponds. That spring has been filling those ponds ever since the late 1880s, for sure, probably long before that and so that natural spring feeds our canyon ponds which then fills these ponds that are kind of in the open area as you drive into the park and so that's one of the reasons our site is there because of that natural spring that fills those ponds and the ponds the canyon ponds up top um, because it's a spring it's cold and so we have trout up there and then um, as it spreads further away you know the temperature changes as it sits in the ponds and so we have like carp which the kids like to feed they'll come and jump up for little pellets and things Um, but we also have a fishing pond with some bluegill and bass and we have some catfish so some different types of species down there Um, one of the ponds we use for educating people on how to start you know, basic fishing. A lot of the kids who fish on that first pond during education programs have never fished before. And so it's just so much fun watching them pull in their first fish. And sometimes we teach like canoeing or kayaking on those ponds. A lot of, you know, cool things there. The other historical piece that's kind of interesting about the site is that we have um, a geological outcrop. So down the road used to be a limestone quarry and our outcrop is on the far end of the park. Shram Park is um, named after a professor who, you know, lived here on this land, was his family's farm for a while, and they donated it, Um, but he became a geology professor, I imagine, because he was finding really cool fossils growing up here in our park, and at the geological display, you can see these fossils from 350 million years ago, so it's really cool you know, you don't get that opportunity much because normally that's not only underground under dirt, but, you know, in most of the state of Nebraska, it's like buried below millions of other years of dirt. (laughs) And so, but here it's like on the surface and you can look for different fossils and, you know, you can see these old marine critters that used to be here when we were under a seaway. Well, and to give like this full mental image behind the education center, behind Uh, the ponds that we're talking about is this basically a forest, beautiful Mm -hmm. wooded grounds. And that's to the north. Now to the south, literally you go across this highway and there's the North Platte River. Uh, So just 
the scene alone is is worth going to. I was gonna say I've been I've been looking at Google Map to figure out where from Omaha and Lincoln we are. And literally, if you're on I eighty, you jump off the exit right before you cross the Platte River mm-hmm. and go south and you'll end up at the state park rec area and then all this amazement is right inside. So it's it's so cool. Yeah. And the river down here, so they call South Bend, Nebraska, because it's on the South Bend of the Platte River. um, And we're like directly across from that. You know, we've got the river going by. And then from that area, you can see across the river to like Platte River State Park is right over there. And, you know, it's just this cool landscape. And if you actually get on the river and float down in a canoe, you can get to Louisville state rec area, which is another great spot around here. But yeah, we've got the river, um, we've got a forest, we've got some natural prairie around here that we use for education. There's some wetlands across between like the river and the road, we've got some wetland areas. And so really makes for great education programs when you can actually walk through different types of habitat like that. Kelly, we've talked about all the amazement in the center around the center the fish hatcheries the rivers the forests is there an actual fee to get into the center is that included with a park entrance or how does that all work yeah yeah earlier i mentioned the fee so ten dollars for adults seven for youth and seniors and three and under are free and that's to enter our education center to enter the state recreation area um you do need a park sticker on your vehicle and those park stickers get you into any Nebraska state park or rec area. I mean, you can't talk about a better value for entertainment. Like, you know, if you buy a, if you're a Nebraska resident buy a $30 park sticker, it gets you into all these locations year round. And there are so many things to do and so many free programs that it's just such a great value. But yeah, if you park in our parking lot, you don't pay the fee because you're paying an entrance fee to our education center. Um, But if you drive into the park area, then you need that. So like if you're going down to the playground or to the picnic shelters or to check out the ponds and stuff, you do need that. Is there a different fee for non-resident that are attending the parks? Um, Yes, there's a different fee and I can't think of it right off the top of my head. (laughs) So your 2022 annual resident Nebraska license vehicle fee. So it's, it goes by what's on your license plate. License plate. Yep. $31 for Nebraska non-resident license vehicle fee would be 61. Now that's an annual. So that gets you in from January 1st to December 31st of 2022. If you're just, you know, coming over to the border and checking the park out for a single day, uh, Nebraska resident, $6 for the day, and then $12 for non-resident. So, Kelly, in, in all of the talking about all of the different things, you can certainly tell by the inflection of your voice where you get excited just talking about the different opportunities within the center. If we had to pin you down, what would you say was your favorite thing or your favorite part about working at SRAM? Hmm. I think um, kind of a toss up between setting and people. So like the setting, I really like, you know, just coming to work and on, you know, last week on my way to work, I saw a barred owl or we can be sitting at our desk and a fox will run across. Like we had this fox who'd run across every day for a while. We kind of came to expect it. And so like just those little nature moments that you catch when you are, when your office has a window to a park 
Um, and then of course the people. And so, you know, I already talked about enjoying working with kids and families and things like that. Um, but also like our team of naturalists and our whole team here, you know, it's a great group of people to work with and just, you know, working with the customers, you know, it's such a wonderful place that like when people are here, they're happy and they're just, you know, curious and you get to see these wonderful moments of learning all the time. And that's just really cool. So Rachel, you know, we've talked a lot about this venue that's right near Omaha here in Nebraska. What do you have in Iowa that may be of similar nature type parks or, you know, what can you tell your Iowa listeners about? Yeah, there's a there's a couple of places I'd like to spotlight. The first is Des Moines Botanical Center. So we got to take the kids there over Christmas. You know, it's it's a long week between a school vacation and you just you kind of run out of, you know, you got all your presents and and things new stuff to do and then that newness wears off and it's like we got to get out and do something and and you know, the sun's not out, but we have to feel like there's warmth somewhere right um so we went out to the des moines botanical center and it is such an amazing little hidden gem it's just downtown des moines you walk in and it's like you walk into this tropical landscape of just some palm trees and warmth and it's just it's it was so nice to see green again and then they also have a whole area of um just flowers and orchids and just beautifulness. Um, I just can't say enough about it. And they've actually expanded and they have a bunch of outdoor water parks, rain gardens, and just different gardens to kind of go explore, run around and, and see. So um, definitely nothing like the SRAM, um, but it does get you at least immersed into nature where you're, you're, you're smelling that, you know, beautiful, green smell again another one i wanted to spotlight was raymond gardens up in ames iowa so it's an extension of iowa state university and they also have amazing gardens they actually have a whole butterfly wing where you can go in and just kind of walk around and catch butterflies and well you're not supposed to catch them they can land on you and then go out so that is just another beautiful spot and then um in Iowa, we have 99 counties. Each county has a county conservation board, and these county conservation boards are just amazing resources for residents of Iowa. The county conservation boards own or manage about 200,000 acres of parks, natural areas, preserves, and trails. So just an amazing resource, but a lot of these County conservation boards have nature centers. So these can be amazingly elaborate or very simple, but wonderfully um, stocked. You know, you can go in and pet furs, look at different animals, and it's just really awesome experience. And Dickinson County Conservation is one of my favorite up in Northwest Iowa. Story County has an amazing nature center um, here in the Des Moines area. Polk County has Jester Park. I mean, each county has kind of a little thing that they could talk about. So I really encourage folks that might be looking for something to go to www.mycountyparks.com and you can see what's available. You can see the nature centers, you can see shelters that you could rent, you can look at trail systems, you can look at campsites. So 
just an amazing resource that our state has. And in addition, I mean, the Iowa State Park System has wonderful opportunities, but I think sometimes uh, we forget what can be maybe just in, in your own backyard or your own county. That sounds like a lot of fun. I think we're just going to have to switch states. Or maybe I come to Des Moines and then we just go on a tour, right? And then you come back over here to Nebraska and we go on a tour together. Yeah, we're, I'm excited, Julia. We're going to see you here shortly. So yes. we have to go. We actually have some tall grass prairie within about a 30-minute drive of Des Moines. So we have buffalo and elk and all sorts of animals. So we might have to tease you with that. Absolutely. Since all, since all I hear about is the beautifulness of Nebraska and, and all the opportunities that Game Parks has. But right. sorry, Kelly, I cut you off. No, you're okay. I was going to say, you know, it's a short road trip either way. I don't know. I love road trips and it's like, you can just take a weekend, maybe find a cabin or a place to stay for a night and you can do so much and just make little stops along the way. You know, we were through Des Moines, I think two years ago. Actually, we got stuck in a deratio when we were there. You remember that thing? Um, But we had gone through and, you know, we just stopped at little stops along the way and on the way back. Um, So my next trip to Des Moines, I'm going to check the weather before we come. And then maybe I'll check out some of those spots you were talking about. They sound great. And I've heard you guys have a great science museum, too. We do. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, that's also here in Des Moines. And and it has a uh, you can build your own rockets. And then they actually have an amazing outdoor kind of wildlife area where we have snakes and, and all those critters. And one of our local weather channels actually does the midday weather from the Science Center. So if you ever watch the news, you'll get a chance to see all the kids that are at the Science Center, they're on TV waving as you get the midday update. So that's kind of a a, a cool thing that I obviously overlooked. So thanks, Kelly. I love that. And Rachel, when Tana and I come into Des Moines here in about two weeks and we physically see each other for the first time in what, like, I don't know, I'm feeling like two and a half, three years, literally, it's been that long been too long it's been too long and and there's word that we're gonna go live like physically live the three of us together right just a little hint hint poke poke to our listeners stay tuned for on the facebook announcement for that but while we're there maybe we need to extend our stay and and give us the tour there's no doubt yeah um and and kelly i'm glad you brought up the duration so that little duration um i think was overlooked at national news but we actually had 170 mile an hour straight line winds come through to central iowa and it was like a 150 mile path that it took so uh it was a big thing and and i do remember it quite well because we lost we lost power for four days in the middle of august and i had a two month old. Yeah. Yeah. We were in a hotel and we didn't know anything happened. (laughs) We couldn't turn on our lights and we went downstairs and they informed us that it might be a while. And it took us two and a half hours to drive to lunch and back to the hotel about two or three miles away because of all the damage. And then we got back to the hotel and they were like, yeah, it might be a while. (laughs) So we just left headed out to some other places in Iowa. But yeah, it was crazy that that happened and we had no clue because we were like in this hotel and couldn't see any of it and woke up the next morning to that. And that's the crazy part. Nobody knew. I mean, it was like, oh, we're going to have a bad uh, thunder and lightning storm. 
oh wait and tornadoes and the winds and 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 so yeah um the rest of us were I think caught just as off guard as you were. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we didn't even know what a derecho was. So <laughs> nope, it's one it's I swear it's another one of those like made up weather terms that you only hear about after they go through. You're like, what was that? Right. Yep. <laughs> Polar vortex is another one of my favorites that uh luckily hasn't been mentioned this year, but after living yeah. through it, I don't want to go through another one. <laughs> Well, and it's February now. So like just this morning, my kids were asking like, when is spring coming? And I don't know. I feel like it's just so close. We're almost there, you know, kind of circling back. It's great to have people out here at SRAM. We're having them, you know, we stay a little bit busy through the winter. Um, I think it's kind of an unknown, you know, not everybody knows that we're a place you can go when it's cold too. Because they think of the park, they think of us as an outdoor venue, which we are. Um, but we do have this um, amazing building that provides, you know, lots to do, whether it's cold or hot outside. And, and Kelly, so. where can folks find more information online? Um, if you go to outdoornebraska.gov and then search for SRAM Park, you'll come up. Um, and we actually have, you know, it's kind of two spaces. So the SRAM Education Center is, you know, the state of the art facility with all of these exhibits and things. And then SRAM Park State Recreation Area is the park area with like the ponds, the canyon ponds, the trails, you know, all those kind of things to do down there. The geology dig. Very cool. And for those of us, maybe not from Nebraska, that SRAM with two M's at the end, if you're uh, doing a Dr. Google's search Uh, so you can find it all right kelly what an amazing opportunity thank you for joining us and and sharing about your passion sharing about shram park and i i can assure you that our listeners will be very excited to visit as we wrap up here is there anything in addition that you want to share no just thanks for having me on the podcast it's always fun talking about shram and you know, it's fun working here, but it's fun sharing what we have here with other people. So I appreciate you guys inviting me and I appreciate learning a little bit about what's going on over in Iowa and things like that too. So it is that time of year to kind of start planning some outings and think about spring break outings and things like that too. So, so yeah, appreciate it and hope to see some people out here. Absolutely. And like we started off this conversation uh, this is a place to go in the winter and and year round as we've been talking. Go out there and just watch the the trees, the plants grow and turn into spring and then head back out there even in the fall and watch the colors change. All right, as we start to wrap up, I want to remind our listeners, and maybe we haven't pushed it hard enough yet, but our new She Goes Outdoor box is available for purchase. Actually, they're all available for purchase now. You can purchase the most outcoming one that will ship out the end of March. The theme this time is planning for pollinators, just this major focus on pollinators. And I I assure you, you will be excited to receive this box as all the other boxes have been exciting. So visit our website at sgooutdoors.com. You can check us out on Facebook, find the links there as well. And as always, um, follow us on our Facebook, uh, give us a like, subscribe to this podcast so you can constantly 
receive the latest episode. And thank you listeners for listening and we will see you outdoors. Outdoors.